In today's episode, I share with you how you can embrace the trials of life instead of avoid them. If you're sick and tired of having your life derailed from challenges and trials, then you don't want to miss this episode. So here's the million dollar question. How are people like us who don't settle for the status quo, who value freedom and a life without limits? How do we create extraordinary results in the key areas of life, yet skip the fear, stress, and anxiety that produces regret? This is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. I'm your host, Tom Herman, and welcome to the Attractively Different Podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Attractively Different Podcast. This is Tom Herman, and this is the last episode of 2020. So it's been a crazy year um, with everything COVID, and um, I just thought this would be a great episode to talk about challenges and trials and how we embrace them to move forward in life instead of let them derail us in life. So have you ever heard someone say that you're either in a crisis, coming out of a crisis, or entering a crisis? Um, It's kind of a funny phrase to me, and I think it's funny because it feels true, where this idea of learning how to handle challenges or trials or these crises in life is something that we all need to learn because everyone's going through them. You know, especially... Like I said, in 2020, this year has been unlike any other year. It's been full of chaos and transition. Here's what I've learned from this year, that the assignments that God has you in, the assignments that God is put in your life, those assignments are doing one of two things. They're either, you're either working on your assignment or the assignment is either working on you. (laughs) So in other words, there are moments where you feel like you're in complete control and it's a sweet spot for you. And Things are just going well, and you're efficient, you've got things under control, you're not stressed, and there are times where the assignments that you're in or the challenges that you're facing are refining you, where you feel overwhelmed, you feel full of chaos, you feel full of confusion, you feel like you're unequipped, and that assignment is calling you to become more, to become greater. And when you think about 2020, for many of us, it's been a year where we've been pressed financially. And that's been that's been true for us in our home as well. And God is taking us through multiple lessons when it comes to fully relying on him. But this year has been has been crazy for us where my wife and I decided in February or yeah, February where we felt prompted by the spirit to to go, go full time in our business, um, in our coaching business and before we made the decision to go full-time and be obedient to that, we didn't know what we would be facing. We were just going to be obedient to what God had told us to do. And now that we reached the end of the year, you know, it's like after we decided to make that decision, we found out we were pregnant with our fourth son. You know, COVID hadn't really hit at this point. So our savings and our investment portfolio had taken a big decline because there was a, a few weeks there where it had one of the biggest declines in, you know, since the great depression. So there's a huge decline in our savings. And, um, we thought we were going to move, you know, in the middle year, we thought we were going to move. So we invested a little over about $10,000 just in doing updates in our house, like painting the house and doing, um, an update in our master bathroom only to realize that we weren't going to move. And so we, there was money there and our second son broke his 
left arm in June, and he broke his right arm a few months later in September, only to re-break it in November. So we had all these medical bills that we weren't expecting. And as we've been growing our business, there have been multiple investments that we felt prompted to make into our development and into our business, which have been well over five figures in on those as well. And so as we were making this decision, God was gracious enough to just give us the next step and say, this is what I want you to do. And he didn't say, here's what's going to happen this year. These are, here's going to be all this financial pressure where you're going to have to handle all of these things. And it's funny, my, my mom sent Katie and I a text message one time that said, if, if trials put you through growth, then you guys are growing like weeds. And so it's been just one of those year, years for us. And here's what these trials have revealed to me or what God has used them for in my life when it comes to finances is he revealed to me that I was trusting in money and not fully trusting in him. Like subconsciously, my mind was saying that my provision was what I had instead of God being my provision. I want to break down a little bit. Just if you're familiar with the Bible or if you've grown up in um, Christian circles, you may have heard the verse from James chapter one, verses two through four. This says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And so I was thinking about this verse here towards the end of the year as we've been facing these trials this year, as this year has felt like one big trial. And how can we consider it joy? How can we can put it into a perspective? How can we assign it a value of joy and become better of it, become better from it? So that Greek word in that verse, consider, is an accounting term for count. And it's basically saying assign value to something. And so when you look at it from that perspective, the verse is basically saying, assign the value of joy to your trials because it produces perseverance, which allows you to lack nothing. So when you're facing these trials, when you're facing challenges, so often our tendency is to reject them and not embrace them. And I want to talk about how can we, how can we assign joy to our trials? How can we assign a value of joy to the challenges that we're facing instead of having the idea that we just want to November of 2019, I ran a marathon, a full marathon. It was something on my bucket list, if you will, of what I wanted to do. And so I trained months on in to go run that race. At the same time, I had a friend who was going to do the half marathon and he wasn't really training. He was planning to just walk the 13 miles, but I knew that I had to train because I had a goal that I wanted to try to finish this marathon under four hours. On pace in my training, I felt really good going into the race. And during the run, I don't know if it was just a mental thing, but I about mile 16, I just like hit a wall. Like I couldn't run anymore. I was just, I was walking. I was now discouraged. I was off pace and wasn't going to finish under four hours. And it was really challenging for me. And I was discouraged, like I said, and for, um, you know, I, I walked mile 17, 18, 19, 20. I was running a little bit. And once I got to about mile 23 and realized I was about three miles away, something in my mind clicked that it's going to be more painful to stay out here than to actually run in 
and finish the race. And which is interesting, I, I was able to finish the last three miles running most of the way. And that energy, that endurance was still there. It was within me. There wasn't anything special. I didn't eat anything special. I didn't drink something special. It was a mental switch. And I finished the race. And about the same time, my friend finished the half marathon. So like I said, he was walking, but he didn't really do much training. He was really just there to, to have fun. And what was really amazing to me is how each of our bodies responded differently. So I had trained. I put my body through rigorous you know, hours of training. And sure, I was sore afterward, but when I went to work the next day, I, you know, my knees were sore, but I could walk. I could function basically the next day. And as he shared with me the story of what happened after, after the race, he struggled walking, you know, for the rest of the day. And then the next day he stayed in bed all day because his body was so sore. And so when it comes to embracing the test in life, this helped me understand that when you embrace the test, when you embrace the challenges, it allows you to have fewer disruptions in your life. You're not going to necessarily be derailed in life if you're actually embracing your challenges and growing from your challenges, where if you try to avoid them or push them aside or don't really address them, there will be a time that comes that just completely sweeps you off your feet where you basically have to stay in bed the next day in this example because you weren't prepared for it. You didn't train. And so when we embrace challenges, these disruptions that come, when we're growing and we face a challenge and it it's threatening our consistent growth, you get swiped off the rails, then you can never really grow at the rate that you want to grow. But if you embrace the challenges, then when bigger challenges come that kind of knock you off or create you know some soreness in this analogy, you're still able to maintain your pursuits. You'll still be able to maintain your life and kind of work through those challenges in a much smoother way than being completely wiped off your feet. So that was one thing that I've realized and learned as I've faced and embraced challenges. That it's kind of like running that marathon that because I did that training, my body was able to recover much more efficiently. My body was prepared for it. And yes, it was a challenge. It was hard. I didn't necessarily get the result that I wanted. I finished in four and a half hours instead of four. But because I had trained, because I had done the hard work and embraced the challenges of training and running and doing hours of running, I was able to maintain a more consistent pattern of life versus my friend who didn't train, walked the whole half marathon thinking that it wasn't necessarily going to be that big of an impact on him. And he was in bed the next day, letting his body recover. So when you embrace challenges, it allows for essential, it allows for consistent growth where when bigger challenges come, it doesn't necessarily derail you as much and you can stay consistent in pursuing your goals and the things that you desire. Another thing I've learned is that challenges grow and they increase your capacity so that you can take on more. There can be this idea that the most qualified people won't actually face challenges or won't struggle. So if you've ever had the idea that I'm facing a challenge, and I'm struggling, this is proving to me that I'm not qualified or this invalidates me from doing whatever activity I'm doing. That's not true because what happens is when you face your challenges, when you press into them and embrace them, it actually grows and increases your capacity so that you can take on more. So people who don't look like they face challenges or don't struggle, they've actually increased their capacity to a level where those 
those challenges or something that's challenging to you seems effortless to them because they've increased their capacity to a place where they can now receive that as their normal, um, just a normal part of their day. So an example of this, when I first, um, one of my first major promotions when I was working in financial services industry was to a position called the help desk, which was basically the subject matter expert where all the financial associates across the country, if they had a question or troubleshoot something that they didn't know, they would call our team and we were the ones that would help them make the decision or help them find the answer when it came to how a specific investment worked, you know, a rule that the IRS had or, you know, anything like that, how, how the stock market works. We, we were their support. We were their lifeline so they could provide great customer service to whoever was calling. So when I got promoted and moved into that position, it was kind of this intimidating thing where, well, there's no help desk to the help desk. You know, we kind of would rely on each other, but there wasn't that lifeline. I had to embrace that challenge. And for the first couple months, it was really challenging for me. Every day felt hard where I felt like I just didn't know enough. I wasn't equipped, you know, a good help desk. You know, I had this thought a good help desk would know all the answers. And so maybe I'm not a good help desk, but at some point I realized, Hey, I'm not, I'm not struggling anymore. We had our resources where we could go find the answers. And we basically had to master using that resource. But when I realized there wasn't, this isn't as hard as it once was, like I said, grown my capacity to a level where receiving these requests, receiving these phone calls, making these decisions wasn't so overwhelming to me. And I also remember when I moved into a management role, I was with my boss, who was a vice president of the company, I was with him in back-to-back meetings. And this was another point where I realized, man, you increase your capacity based on like embracing your challenges. And I was in a meeting with him back-to-back, and it was fascinating to see him make decisions, get brought up to speed on certain things, and I'm just taking a bunch of information and, like I said, make a decision off of it, and then transition to a meeting right after that completely different scenario, do the same thing, get brought up to speed, absorb all the information and make a decision on it. And I realized his entire day is like this. He's in back-to-back meetings, making decisions like this. And I'm just overwhelmed being in two meetings. Like I'm already tired thinking about everything that he's had to go through. And he wasn't even phased by it. This was just part of his day. This is how he operated. And it was another realization I had is that he's able to handle those request, he's able to handle those decisions because he's increased his capacity. He's embraced the challenge of that role and increased his capacity to then absorb it where it looks effortless. And so if you're facing a challenge, it doesn't mean that you're not qualified to do what you're doing. It's an opportunity for you to grow your capacity so that it feels effortless or it increases your skill or so that you can take on bigger challenges so that you can grow your capacity more. So that's the second thing that I've realized that you can count as joy when it comes to your challenges, is there opportunities for you to grow your capacity? So when it comes to things in life, when it comes to parenting, when it comes to work or business, when something's hard, don't run from it, but embrace it so that you can grow your capacity and also and allow that to be something that won't phase you in the future. Or it's something that you can absorb into your day, into your life, because you've made the effort to grow your capacity. And so the the third thing that I want to point out when it comes to challenges is that challenges, especially from other people, if you're receiving like criticism from other people, that may be an indicator that you're in the right place because our society and cultural norm is toward conformity. And so when someone's not conforming to 
kind of the average or what the what society thinks should be the norm people don't like that because it for some reason highlights to them what they're not doing or highlights their their true potential that they're not maximizing and so i want to encourage you that if you are receiving some criticism that may be valid you have to look at who's providing it but you don't necessarily need to have the approval and validation of others to continue in that assignment if it if you're feeling that challenge or feeling pressure from other people to maybe stop what you're doing, you know, whatever it may be, I want you to carefully consider what might be prompting that criticism from them. Is it worthwhile criticism or is that criticism coming from a place of insecurity on their part? So one of my favorite stories in the Bible is in the book of Nehemiah. And if you don't know the story of Nehemiah, he was the cupbearer of the king and he was a Hebrew. He was a Jew. And the king that he was a cupbearer to was the Persian king. So he had come into a place where the Babylonians ransacked Jerusalem, burned it down, and took the Jews into captivity as Babylon. And they were going through this period where you know they didn't have the city of Jerusalem anymore. And over time, it got built back up. But the walls that protected the city were still in shambles. And you know, God put it on Nehemiah's heart to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the wall. And long story short, he gets permission from the king to go do that and lead this building project. And the surrounding provinces, you know, see what's happening and they don't really like what's happening because they, you know, know the Jews' history and know that God was for them and gave them favor and feel like if if the Jews, you know, were brought back into power, then, you know, they were forced to be reckoned with. And anyway, Nehemiah has some leaders of the surrounding provinces reach out to him as he's getting close to finishing this wall. And they basically send him a messenger that's saying, hey, come meet with us. And, you know, they didn't really give specifics, but it would make sense that if the leaders of the surrounding provinces were reaching out to you as this leader that, hey, maybe they want to like kind of work on a, a plan of what's going to happen next once the walls are done and how to bring Jerusalem back into working with these other provinces. But um, Nehemiah's response to these letters and to these messengers was, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop for me to come meet with you? And he was so focused on his assignment that he's doing a great work. And in reality, these men wanted to kill Nehemiah because he was rebuilding the walls. They didn't like what he was doing. And so they were trying to distract him with this request to come meet with them so they could kill him. And he was so focused on his assignment and realizing that, no, he is doing a great work, that God has brought him to a great place and he cannot come down from that work. And so I want to encourage you that if you're receiving criticism from someone who maybe it's pressing on their insecurities or maybe they don't like what you're pursuing, because it's not conforming to, you know, cultural norms or something, like I said, if it's revealing to them, maybe potential that they have that they're not, that they're not pursuing, realize that you are doing a great work. Those trials, that, um, that criticism, you can count that as joy because it's an indicator that you're doing a great work, that you're shining as a bright light for the kingdom. And people are noticing something different because you're doing that great work and you cannot come down because if you came down, that light wouldn't shine anymore. Keep in mind, you're either working on your assignments or they're working on you. Embrace the challenges and it will help minimize the disruptions of future challenges. So if, like we said, the first thing, if you embrace the challenge, if you 
train and use that challenge as training that when bigger challenges and trials come, they won't necessarily derail you and knock you off the track. You can keep going. Our, your challenges will increase your capacity so that you're able to solve problems effortlessly, effortlessly or take on bigger challenges. And the third thing we talked about is that challenges from others may be an indicator that you're doing something great. So stay focused. This is an assignment for the kingdom. If you're confident that this assignment is from God and that he has put you in this place for a specific purpose and a specific time. And the enemy doesn't like that. Cultural norms, society norms don't like that. So stay focused that you are doing a great work and you cannot come down. So hopefully you found this information valuable. Please rate the show, subscribe, leave a review. The ratings and reviews help make the show better as well as get more exposure to help more people. And remember, everything you do matters. God has a specific assignment for you. Go and rule the assignment, serve his people, and be blessed. Hey everyone, it's Tom again, and I wanted to ask you a quick question. On a scale from 1 to 10, how confident are you that you know God's purpose for your life? I mean, there can be a lot of confusion around this topic. So I went ahead and created a life purpose roadmap to help you gain clarity on your purpose. You can download your free PDF, Life Purpose Roadmap, at attractivelydifferent.com backslash purpose. It'll walk you through the seven simple steps to prospering in your purpose. Also, for the next 40 days, I'll be sending you a daily email guide that will help you unlock the full power of the roadmap. These emails are designed to make it that much easier for you to implement the roadmap and succeed in your God-given assignment. It's free. Just go download the Life Purpose Roadmap PDF at attractivelydifferent.com backslash purpose.